All right. Episode 18, I think, of Pals with Bill Wadman. And today we have an impromptu episode. Wait, wait, wait. It was Teresa. Yeah. Castillo. That's how you like to say it. That is how I like to say it. But other people say Teresa. They say Teresa because they can't say Teresa. Because it's uh, Americans. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, And you are an opera singer. I am. (sighs) Okay, so for people who don't know anything about opera... There are a lot of people who don't know anything about opera, right? Yeah, there's there's a lot. They know that Puccini finale. Maybe they know Figaro. They know. They know yes. that thing. Right, right, right. Uh, how do you go from being a kid? Where'd you grow up again? I grew up in Colorado. Colorado. How do you how do you go from being a kid in Colorado? To being interested in opera singing to then saying, this is what I want to do with my life. Oh, well, I grew up in... Okay, so my parents are not very musical. Okay. My dad is terrible at singing. Really? My mom, Yeah, he's horrible. Like 10-year kind of singing. Yeah. Like, okay. He just... He gets really shifty-eyed when he's singing. Okay. Um, my mom, she can sing. Her mom used to sing on the radio, actually, in Costa Rica. And... My, um, so yeah, both my grandmas like to sing. Um, I am the, really the only musician in my family. Okay. I mean, I have a cousin who's like a music teacher, but yeah, but I'm the only one who's pursuing it. And my brother plays the bass, but I just always loved music. I always loved singing. Okay. I was terribly shy as a kid. Was it like in a chorus when you were younger? Oh, we didn't have that at my school. I went to a really small Catholic school and we didn't have a church choir or anything until I was in about seventh grade. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I told, I remember uh, it was my teacher, Mr. Blessy. He was the religion and science teacher. The Catholic teacher guy, Mr. Blessy? Mr. Blessy. Yeah. Come on, that's fake. No, that's not fake. His name is Mr. Blessy. (laughs) Okay. And he played guitar and it it was at a Catholic school. So I was like, oh, I want to sing. We should do a choir. And it was, I mean, it was like 15 kids per grade. Right. And so it was a very small group, probably like five or eight of us, maybe. Okay. And, but before that, I, I just sang along with Disney songs. I really liked Mariah Carey and my mom played opera and jazz. So that's where the opera came in. That's where the opera came in. Your average kid probably wouldn't have, I don't mean to sound dismissive, but like the average person would not have that much, uh, exposure to opera. No, not very much. Yeah. Um, so what was it for you? Was it, was it the, was it the actual singing? Was it the pomp and circumstance of, of, because opera is very, um, I mean, there's the singing half of it, but then the performances, a lot of times it's, it's about the show. Oh yeah. It's a total spectacle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's where yeah. I was going. So, so was it the spectacle? Was it the singing or was it both? Uh, was it all of it? Mm, at first it was just the singing. Okay. Cause I grew up listening to, I mean, my mom loved Maria Callas yeah. and Pavarotti. Right. So both of those singers have the amazing ability to um, do what what I like to call speak the text when they're singing. Yeah. So like they really, they can really tell a story and, and you can just hear the emotion and, and the meaning and everything when, when they sing and it just, I mean, it would bring me to tears. Yeah. 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 And I, even I, then, yeah, even then yeah. when I was young and, but I, 
it, as I, the older I've gotten, the more, the more I appreciate the, the grand spectacle, but at the core of it, it's still always been the singing for me. Yeah. And did you have a hard time? Did you find yourself trying to emulate that style? Cause I mean, you were saying you liked Mariah Carey, you liked other people mm-hmm. who have much more sort of traditional pop styles of singing. Did, did the, did the, did the opera style come easily to you? Not really. Okay. So you had to, that was like a, a thing you had to work at to get there. Oh yeah. I had to work so hard. I remember when I was 24, I was living in Michigan at the time cause I started grad school at, yeah. uh, at Eastern Michigan university for a year. It okay. didn't work out. I ended up going to TU after that, uh, which is the university of Denver, but I was there for a year and then I decided to go to Colorado and do the Met auditions, which is a big competition that they hold, the Metropolitan Opera holds every year. And all over the place or this one yeah, happened to all, be in Denver? Oh, uh, all over the country. But okay. I, I also, I, my parents were still there. Yeah. So I wanted to go home and, and visit them. Right. And so I went, I was about 24, I think at the time. And I, this wasn't the first time I'd heard these comments. The judges told me, I mean, one of them really liked me and I ended up studying with her for three years after I moved to New York. But I, the other two guys told me that I should do something else that I don't have the voice for opera. You don't, you don't have the chops kid. Like, yeah. And when I was might in, as well quit now, that kind of basically. thing. basically. And when I was an undergrad, it was the same thing. It's like, your voice is too small. You'll never sing opera. And it's kind of like, I'm very stubborn. Yeah. And so when somebody tells me I can't do something, yeah. I'm, you bet your ass I'm going to do it. So even in your undergrad, you went for music for singing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was all the way through. Yeah. For undergrad and master's degrees, both in music. Now, how would you define opera? Like how, how, what is it to you? I mean, I know it's like a standard mm-hmm. form of music of a certain, you know, uh, starting in whatever the 17 somethings, you know what I mean? Like the, the modern opera, the way people see it is, is a play with singing. Like how, how do you, how do you, how would you explain it to somebody who's not into opera? Mm. Um, well, I would say it's because usually people are like, oh, it's, it's too much or it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, take, let's take a a movie with heightened emotions. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's that's, that's what opera is. Yeah. It's, it's just emotions that everybody feels that we don't show people. Yeah. But clearly if there's, I mean, it's the same thing as musical theater. Yeah. It's It's, just sung throughout without microphones. That's the thing that people always, especially people who don't know anything about opera, they just get so fascinated about the fact that we don't use microphones. Are there no operas that actually amplify at all? There are some actually. Uh, Next year I'm doing one where I'm pretty sure I'll be amplified, but that's because of how the composer wrote it. So there's a lot of brass and a lot of percussion. So to compete with brass and percussion, that's harder. Yeah, it's it's very hard, which I normally do, but there's also uh, synthesizers, I think. So Ah. it's like very loud. And so I will be mic'd for that. Um, and there was this other one two years ago that was premiered by Santa Fe Opera. It's, oh God, I forget what it was called. Beautiful place they have out there. Yeah. It was, um, it was about Steve Jobs. Again, really, really loud accompaniment and like all electronic music. I mean, there's no way the human voice can compete with that. Yeah. So it, they have to be mic'd. So there are very specific operas that do require that, but for the most part, 
Uh, it is the unamplified human voice. Yeah, it's just your voice. Yeah. Which is just crazy how much projection. And well, you know, when we're done with this, I'll set up a good mic and I'll let you sing for a minute. So I'll stick it at the end of this thing so people can hear you sing. <laughs> Look, you're making a face now. <laughs> Does that scare you? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> but just so people can get some idea. I mean, you sitting here talking, you wouldn't believe. Okay, did I tell you the story? So I took your picture a couple, a few months ago. And, uh, that picture went up and people loved it. And, uh, an old friend of mine from 20 years ago said, did you take this yesterday? And I said, yes. They said, I thought I heard opera singing out my window (laughs) because you were belting and down in this corner down in Tribeca. Yeah. She lives two blocks away. So like two blocks away through her window, she could hear you singing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not your average person singing on the corner. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. And people were clapping and all excited to oh, hear I you know. singing and those kids. Yeah. 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 I remember that. They were fascinated yeah. by it. Right. Uh, well, now, it's not every day you see somebody that loud singing exactly. on the side of the street. Exactly. And I mean, it's, this is something that didn't happen overnight for me. I've been studying for over 10 years. Right. And so that's breath control. Volume, yeah. the, like the 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 Breath. volume, and I don't mean volume isn't loud. I mean volume isn't like volume of air. Like you got to mm-hmm. put a lot of air past your vocal cords to get that kind of. Yes stuff. and no. There's actually something called the Vermouli effect that uh, your vocal cords when they come together. So let's say like the train, um, you're standing right next to the train and it comes by and it's really fast. Um, some people would think you would get pushed out of the way because of the air. You actually get pulled in. Yeah, you get yeah. sucked in. It's the same thing that happens with your vocal cords. So the more air you put through them, the um, the 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 less sound you're going to get because you're going to hear more air. Oh, so it's interesting. So there's a there's a maximum amount that you want to put through to like maximize yes the and volume, de- but adding more does not make it louder. Exactly, and it depends on also where in your range you are. So like if I'm in my the middle part of my voice, yeah. uh, which is on the staff, um, for people who know music, it's on the the treble clef because right. I'm a soprano. Uh, I wouldn't use that much air on the staff. Because if you were like an octave above middle C kind of thing, that's just like kind of cooking around like normal's yeah. speaking level of air. Yeah, I would. I think of it as a slow leaking balloon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And <laughs> she's a slow leaking balloon, ladies I'm and gentlemen. A slow leaking balloon. That's 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 what I am. <laughs> <laughs> and but then the higher I sing, the more air I would use. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't want to use too much still because then I would do what, what I call it overblowing my chords. Okay. And then the same You're thing. You're doing damage. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially, it's just, it, it, get, it goes out of control. Like your voice can crack or you, you will go sharp or, um, it just won't be a pretty sound. Yeah. What about range in general? Is that something innate in people or I'm, I'm sure you can push it a few notes in every, mm-hmm. in each direction through training, but certain people just have a place where their voice naturally sits and there might be a limit to how high they can go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah. I naturally have a very high voice, but I've also pushed my range to, I can go. So, um, middle C two, three, what two, almost three octaves above that. Yeah above middle C yeah. and then I warm up or warm down my voice to the warm F down. below middle C. Oh, okay. So like I so warm like the up the top that, of the bass clef. <laughs> yeah. I warm up my entire range before I sing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because doing scales, doing arpeggios. How do, how do you work both? that? Okay. Both, scales, yeah. arpeggios, uh, staccato notes, held notes, um, fast notes. And does your range expand as you warm up? Mm, depending on how you use it. Okay. It, yeah. it doesn't necessarily expand, but if the way when I use my voice correctly, uh, my speaking voice gets higher towards the end and uh, it's easier for me to sing at the top of the staff. Oh, okay. Okay. And talk to me about um, repertoire. Do you, is there a period of opera that you prefer over others or are you a, are you a classicist? Are you a Wagner kind of person or do you like the modern stuff? I mean, I'm sure you like all of it to some extent, mm-hmm. but if you were going to say, no, I, what I, the, if, if I get hired by the Met tomorrow, what do I want to go saying? Oh God, I already know. <laughs> what is, yeah. Okay. So what is it? Well, um, one of my favorite operas is Lucia di Lammermoor and that would be considered bel canto music. So I absolutely love bel canto. I mean, if you're listening to the orchestral parts, it's not the most exciting music because it's all just like, like the whole way through. Um, so but, why does that excite you? Well, because the voice gets to do so much. Okay. Yeah. Like there's so many notes you can see. And also that's just like the way that those composers wrote those pieces. It just, the text and the music goes so beautifully together and it just creates, it, it, it really, really shows the heightened state of, of, um, emotions. Right. So are you, are, are you a, uh, if you're struck, if you listen to music, are you struck by the lyrics or the music first? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I there are a lot of songs that are my favorite songs that if mm-hmm. you told me to sit down and, with a piece of paper and write out the lyrics, I couldn't do it. But if you were playing the song, I could sing all the lyrics next, with it. Like the lyrics become a phonetic part of the music to me, mm. but they're yeah, not a separate. It's not like the lyrics are a poem to me. They're just they're how you perform the music. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I mean, it really depends on like if the melody is really stupid, Yeah. then always like I saw earlier this well, year. If the melody is stupid. What's the point? Yeah. Well, no, I earlier this year and I think it was early in October. I was at the Met and I was seeing, and I saw, um, Samson and Delilah, which I'd never seen before. Um, and they were just, it was just some of the cheap, like some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard. And then some of the cheesiest music. Like I thought I was watching a cartoon. It was terrible. Really? Yeah. And even if, and I felt so bad for the singers. I'm like, they have to sing this cheesy ass music. Well, yeah. How does that work? I mean, uh, so uh, in, in being a professional singer, like you are, are, are you a hired gun from a performance to performance basis? Do you get hired as a, you know, a resident at a certain Opera house, like how does that all work? Is, does that make sense? My question. Yeah, well, it kind of depends on what level you're at. So I'm like emerging into, well, I guess getting out of young artist programs and residencies and everything, um, and doing more main stage stuff. So actually singing roles right. in companies, um, which is not an easy bridge to cross. I'll just well, yeah. I mean, how that. like how many of these kinds of jobs are there at any particular time? You know what I mean? I mean, they're dwindling. Right. At the moment. So there's a couple hundred people at a certain level that are actually doing this. Yeah, for the most part. But then e- even then, it depends on like what voice type you're talking about. So if you're talking about like a, well, for my voice type, for for instance, a coloratura, where, I mean, there's what does so, that mean? There's so many of us. A coloratura is basically just a high soprano that sings fast notes. Okay. 
and sing like I would sing Lucia, Traviata, yeah. um, depending on how high you go, Queen of the Night. Um, In some ways, what people would think of as a quintessential opera singer. Yeah, basically. Is kind of what you sing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the except, I don't sing Wagner. Right. I don't know if I ever will. I mean, if I did, I'd be like a spirit. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, you have a high voice. There is a there are women who sing alto in the same way, right? Like mm-hmm. sing, sing lower, but mm-hmm. somehow sopranos get more juice, right? <laughs> is that not true? Um, more respect mm, or is it no, just that they no, tend no, to have more solos? They tend to have more solos, but it also depends on the opera. Like again, I'll use Samson and Delilah as, as a, as a, um, again, as an example, there is not really a soprano role in that. Right. I mean, Delilah is a mezzo. Right. And and that's it. That's She's the female character. Right. Okay. There's not even a little slave right. for a soprano to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just really depends on the composer. But like the when people think of the quintessential opera music, they probably are thinking about like either tenors or sopranos. Sure. But tenor men and soprano women. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, or like baritones yeah. sometimes, but mainly tenors. Yeah. Well, you know, those three tenors, they got a lot of juice uh, back yeah. in the nineties. <laughs> was it you and I and Claude who were talking about, who was it? Carreras or one of those guys who was trying to sing West Side Story. And Oh, you sent me that video and he couldn't sing he's it. He's awful. <laughs> I mean, like embarrassingly awful. Yeah. It's like he didn't understand. It's amazing to me. Like, I feel like if you having listened to all the things you've listened to in your Mm -hmm. life, if I said, you know, sing something's coming from West side story, you'd understand how the rhythm went and how it was supposed to feel and what was supposed to land on the beat and that kind of stuff and where you could play and where you can't play Mm -hmm. in that thing. It's almost like he, it was like a four completely foreign music to him in that particular performance. That seems unbelievable to me that somebody could be that sort of sheltered in their own world that they've really never heard that song. Or if somebody played it for them, they wouldn't go, Oh, I get what you're doing there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's also just like that. The rhythmic structure and that entire piece is so different. I mean, it would be more, it's like Latin beats and, and, syncopation and jazz and all of that. What are you talking about? Yeah, but it's different. (laughs) I mean, that's not what he's saying. Yeah. And, you know, who's very strict about tempo and everything. Yeah. I mean, ish, yeah. but that just wasn't his world. Yeah. You know, like someone, you get somebody from musical theater to sing that, then they understand it. Yeah. They knock it's more, it out. It's more colloquial. Sure. And whereas opera is not really considered yeah. to be like that. It's interesting though, to me that you use that word, because in some ways I would think that, yes, they would understand everyone. Every singer would understand like the popular way of singing it. Mm-hmm. But then you guys have higher specialization. Therefore you're singing in this other way where, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine that it would be harder for somebody who sings, just sings normally to sing in an operatic style because that's such a learned way of doing things. Yeah. It almost, opera almost feels like the ballet of singing. Oh yeah. Is, is that, that a bad way of putting yeah, it? Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. But in some ways, ballet is bad for people's bodies. Is, is, <laughs> is opera bad for people's voices? If you don't sing well. Okay. Yeah. If you don't sing correctly, you mean. Yeah. If you don't sing correctly, that's what I mean. Yeah. 
Because if you, I mean, it's just like uh, an athlete. I mean, we basically are athletes. Yeah. But if you're a football player and you don't run correctly, then you're going to hurt yourself. Mess up your knees. Yeah. Yeah, You're going to mess up your knees and you're never going to be able to play again. I mean, it's the same thing for singing. Does that happen? People, people burn out when they're 23 years old or whatever. Oh, totally. Really? Yeah. All the time. Interesting. Yeah. And, and is this world a meritocracy? Is it, you know, do you get jobs if you're good or is there way more to it? It's way more Mm. to it. You have to, you have to be diplomatic. Yeah. I have to be diplomatic in that answer. But is I it, wish I could just answer that right away, but I, I, I have to be careful. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is, that, is that something that like you think about? Yes, that's yeah. something I constantly think about, unfortunately. Yeah. But... It comes out of like, you know, who you... Who you I mean, a lot of it is... Who you study with, like yeah, that kind of thing. But I mean, I think just like in any field, it has a lot to do with pedigree. Sure, yeah. Even if you're not that good. Yeah. Or if you're amazing, but sometimes like at the very beginning, if you don't have that pedigree, then you're not, then you might not be considered over somebody else who does. Yeah. 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 But you, you seem like you have a scrappy underdog way about you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, you were saying, you know, when somebody tells you, you can't hey, do doesn't something. Everybody love an underdog though. <laughs> yes, they totally do. No, I'm just saying that like you were saying that when somebody says you can't do it, that just makes you want to do it more. Oh yeah. And here you are, you know, eight years later or whatever it is from that competition where the guy was like, you don't have it and you're hot stuff, you know? Ish. (laughs) Ish. Come on. (laughs) You're a hell of a singer. I mean, I've worked very hard at it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're excellent. Um, thank you. So what, what is the, what is the life cycle of, of a singer? How long do people sing for? Well, it depends on how you use your voice. They can sing into their 60s or whatever. Oh, it is. totally. Okay. 70s. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Just Interesting. Re- it also depends on how just how your body's built. Yeah. I uh, mean, some people have that ability. Some people don't. Yeah. So interesting. It's like so fascinating to me because like I've seen, I've seen Magic Flute. I've seen Don Giovanni. I've seen mm-hmm. um, a couple of Wagner, but I'm not a huge opera person. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a friend who does lighting at, at the Met who actually I'm, I'm going to have on this podcast at some point, um, Carrie. And so it's, it's interesting to me that, uh, some of these things are hours and hours long. They're four hours long, right? Oh yeah. It's crazy. Especially the Wagner operas. Yeah. They're like six hours long. Yeah. And so, and, and the staging, especially at some place like the Met, like the world-class places, mm-hmm. staging is nuts. Yeah. There's like water, you know, red water, blood all over the stage and they're dancing through it as they're singing. And, or the entire stage is moving on a turntable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's raining. It's like, what, how do you, you know, like crazy stuff that they do indoors. Mm-hmm. Has that always been the way with opera or do they feel like they need to make the spectacle more and more and more as technology grows in order to keep up with the times. Well, I think that's exactly it. A yeah. lot of people are, they're trying to find new ways to bring people in. Yeah. But then they, I don't know. It, it, the public is not that stupid. They know good music when they hear it. They know good singing when they hear it Yeah, and to try to dumb it down or make it focus more on the production value rather than the actual singing is I think is a negative way of approaching 
opera. A waste of time. Yeah, it totally is. Because you could have the coolest set, but if you have bad singers, like, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have both. Yeah, cool set and good singers. Yeah, but not every company can afford the cool set. Um, the, I know a lot are going into projections, which is really cool, and it's like a much cheaper way of doing it and just having a minimal set. Yeah. Well, you, you think about places like the Met or Santa Fe or these places that are sort of like the, you know, opera meccas in, in America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are probably a handful of them, half dozen, a dozen of them that are at that mm-hmm. level. And the rest are small community kind of places. Like, you know what I mean? You're at some theater in Detroit or Cleveland or something like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, do you think Do you think that having a, a, a less crazy production takes away from the performance? Well, it depends on what it is. Okay. Cause yeah. again, if you're not, if you have, so I, I did a festival this summer, which is up in upstate New York in purchase. Um, it's called Teatro Nuovo. And, and that used to be at Caramore, which is in Katona. And that, that festival focuses on like there it's semi staged. There's no, there's no real staging. There's no set. Um, there were some lighting effects, but there was no, there were no projections or anything. Um, that forces the audience to really listen to the singing. Yeah. Then it almost becomes like a straight performance of the singing versus theater. Yeah. I mean, you can still tell a story and not have, have to do cartwheels on the stage. I mean, you know, nowadays they do the, they'll have the running translations places, right? Like the, Oh yeah, no, they like, always do that. I they mean, always the, do that now. It's the same. It would like that festival did that as well. Okay. But, um, so that, that was nice in that way, but it's also, it's, I think it's, it, you just have to be careful. Like there can't be too much going on because then it really distracts the singers. It distracts the audience. Yeah. Um, then you don't, you don't really, then you don't get the point of opera. Sure. Yeah. Uh, tell me about directors. Is is do they have a lot of input in the way the singers sing, or once they mm. find the right singer and know th- they're going to give you the part, they kind of let you do your thing. Well, it depends on the director. Some do request certain singers yeah. if they want a specific thing. Uh, other times they just kind of go into the situation. They don't know who they're getting, or um, they don't have any say in who gets hired. Right. And they come in with an idea. Um, I, it's just kind of, I don't know. It, it can be a very tricky thing because some, t- some directors like to be more physical than others. Like someone want you to do, oh, I know this one opera called Dead Man Walking, which is also a movie. Yep. Um, one of the opera first or opera second? <laughs> God. Opera second. I'd imagine, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that opera's by Jake Heggie. Sean Penn's and- a hell of a singer. <laughs> <laughs> This guy, one of the baritones that sings the role of, um, oh, what's his name? Joseph de Rocher or something? I don't know. Well, anyways, the guy who's on death row in the opera or in the story, uh, Jake Heggie, the composer, he usually uses this one guy whose name is Michael Mays. And Michael, I saw him do it at Central City when I was still living in Colorado. Yeah. And the director was having him do, like he can do push-ups and clap. And he was also, so he was doing that while he was singing. <laughs> so there shape. are, yeah, he's in great shape. There are some people who can, 
or maybe he was just speaking. Either way, he was doing that on stage and I was yeah. very impressed. There are people who can do that. There are others who cannot. It's just you have to, I think as an artist, you have to know your own physical capabilities and be able to say things in a diplomatic way. Yeah. Like if a director wants you to hang upside down and sing uh, uh, some seven minute aria and you can't do that, right. then you need to say... I can't do this, but say it in a nice way. Basically, you got to imagine they must know these people are not. They don't bring in just anybody in to come direct an opera. Well, sometimes they bring in people who have only directed stage plays or they've only directed movies. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and they don't I know anything. Opera about- directors would be very specific. Some are very specific, but some places hire directors who don't know anything about opera. They it's don't like, even know the translation. It's like bringing a TV actor in to do a stage play. It's like, yeah, it's a exactly. Completely it's different completely thing. different. Yeah. It's a whole different animal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and it's very specialized. So where, where do you come down on traditional musical theater? I saw a book of Mormon last night. Do you like that kind of stuff too? Oh, I love it. I think it's great. I mean, the thing is, so it's funny that you mentioned spectacle earlier for opera. Yeah. The, one of the main thing reasons why I go to live theater or to, um, to musicals is for that spectacle. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, some shows that show last night, I mean, the set was fine. It mm-hmm. was Broadway, but it wasn't anything that made you go, wow, that's a cool set. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we went and saw To Kill a Mockingbird, the play, uh, a couple weeks ago. How was that? With Jeff Daniels and Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Uh, it was amazing. Oh, and that set that's was... such a good story. That set was really cool. Like the way it moved and like the way it all kind of came together mm-hmm. was just sort of the transitions and stuff. You go, oh, wow, this is slick. Yeah, like you, it drew attention to itself, Mm -hmm. but in a good way, in my opinion. Yeah, but what the reason I brought up musical theater is that like there are some shows, like let's say West Side Story, we were talking about before, where it's like talking, talking, talking. Let's sing a song, and then there was a thing that happened in like the mid '80s, maybe around Phantom of the Opera time, where a lot of musicals went to you're singing the speaking parts in a very operatic kind of way. Oh yeah. Where musical theater came closer to opera versus Les Mis just does being, that. Les Mis does that too, mm-hmm. right? It's, the, it's both at that same sort of late eighties time. Um, do you feel like they're trying to crib off of op- sort of opera light as it were, you know? Um, no, because it's still different. I mean, you, you take a, a musical like, Oh, what did they have on, on TV last year? Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Jesus Christ Superstar. Right. Yeah. I would never even put that in the same category, like, or Les Mis. I mean, people get confused with Phantom of the Opera because there is opera There singing. are some opera singers there in it. There are some opera singers in there. I mean, she's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, though, that, like, the, uh, I, it's, it's funny you should mention this because I had my phone on just uh, random today and I have all my music now on there because I got a bigger phone recently. And, Think of Me came on, you know, the, from Fan of the Opera. Mm-hmm. And the first 30 seconds is an actual opera singer singing it. And then they bring on Sarah Brightman or whatever her name is to like, who sings it in a much less operatic way. Yes. I prefer the Sarah Brightman version versus the woman who's singing it in a very, like very operatic way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if it's just that because that piece of music lends itself to that mm-hmm. or if my ear just isn't tuned it might be that piece of music lends itself to that because okay. I mean, it was written in a very specific way to have, and it, it when it was written, uh, you know, a voice like Sarah Brightman, yeah, 
lends itself well to that kind of music. Yeah. And I'm sure that the person playing the part Was of overdoing the overdoing it. Oh my god, yeah, of course. <laughs> if I played that role, I would 100% overdo it. Yeah. Cuz yeah. like that's, that's Your job is to be the quintessential annoying opera singer. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's the gig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> would you makes, want that gig? Would I want Hell yeah, I would. You know the pay is probably really good. You think so? Yeah. I always wondered how much these people make on Broadway. Well, more than I make, so. <laughs> <laughs> and they're performing for 50 weeks a year or whatever it is. See, that part I don't like. Yeah, nine shows a week. Yeah, I don't know about too That's much That's exhausting. That. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. I don't know either. And they stay, the thing is they stay healthy for the most yeah. part. Yeah. I mean, they'll have their, what is it? I think it's considered, what are they called? Swings? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Go yeah, on. Yeah. Sub other people in. Yeah. 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 That's a whole but, other thing. Yeah, I mean, but it's, I I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't put it anywhere close to the same category. Right, yeah. Because there is something in opera that's kind of opera light. It's called operetta. Right, sure. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and the people who tend to go to, say, the Met, they swing older, they swing more white. Do they, you know what I mean? Like demographically, is it as cliche as you'd think it would be? Absolutely. Older and white. Yeah. So is that, is that a, I mean, obviously that's a long-term problem. Like how do you bring in? Well, yeah, because the audience is dying. Exactly. So what do you do about that? Well, actually funny you should say that. And these these programs are so incredibly expensive to put on. Yes. Well, they have, I mean, certain operas are put on only because a donor will pay for it. I mean, it's oh, a million- so rich person comes in and says, I'll give you $5 million to put on whatever. Cause I want to, yeah. See and then I want to hear this singer sing this role oh, and, and I'm going to pay they'll for They'll it. demand stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I, I mean, that. if I was, yeah. I mean, if you're giving an opera company $5 million to put on a production, of course you get to hear whoever you damn yeah, well. It's like, please. I'm going to give you this money and I want to hear this person yeah. and you're going to do it. Dance you- monkey dance. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Which is how I feel when people ask me to sing. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> mean to okay. make you sing. <laughs> I just want to give an example. But yeah, that's it's got to be a little weird. Yeah. I mean, it's so how do we fix that? I mean, first of all, it's when I whenever I sing for people or I take them to an opera or I show them s- opera singing, usually their reaction is like, oh, that's not what I thought it was. I mean, it's more it you there's a greater effect if you actually if they see it live sure obviously because they get to experience it but um a lot of young artist programs have singers go and sing for young children in schools oh that's interesting yeah so they'll put on like yeah like put on put on like a 30 minute opera make it entertaining or make it funny or whatever and maybe of the 300 kids in the room maybe 20 of them want to see more yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's 20 more than we had before, so. Yeah. It's it's, it's I mean it's, a, it's I mean I have a lot of modern dance friends. I mean it's a similar kind of thing where it's like it skews mm-hmm. older, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and it's like of there were decades where it was more accepted as popular entertainment. You see what I'm saying? Like more mm-hmm. normal people went to see opera. Oh yeah, I mean we were well opera singers were considered popular singers yeah right i mean they used to be, even in the in up until the origins of tr- what we now think of as popular music in the 30s or whatever it is like you know yeah that's when it started changing but all but even in like the 60s 70s mainly 60s i think was it oh i don't remember exactly when it was but there used to be this show called the bell telephone hour sure and they would have 
famous opera singers come on, like Joan Sutherland would go on, Leontine Price, um, Birgit Nielsen, like people who were household names that were very famous. Yeah. And they would go on and sing an aria. There would be an orchestra. Yeah. And all that. It would be and it would be somewhat staged. It's crazy, isn't it? Imagine imagine having an opera singer on the Tonight Show now. Yeah, like it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Or at least or maybe not as often. Right, right, right. Unless, you know, Pavarotti was there and in town and whatever. You know, I mean I know he's yeah. there, but like you know what I mean? Like that twenty years ago. Oh yeah, you know, the three tenors are in town and putting yeah. on a show, right? And like, let's promote it. Yeah, it's just a completely different world. Mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, it's similar to God, so many are the arts. I mean, how many people go to photo shows like the stuff that I would care about, you know, or painters, you know? Yeah. How many people are going to see the Delacroix show at the Met? You know, unless you're into painting, you're probably not going to go see it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I I mean, you sound like an old, I sound like an old man, but like, I don't know what the, the way to, a lot of these are art that in order for you not in order. Maybe that's the wrong word. Maybe you could disagree with me on this, that for you to appreciate it at a certain level, takes some understanding and knowledge and education. You disagree? Mm, I think anybody can, can enjoy something that moves them. And like, they don't have to necessarily know everything about it for it to move them. Sure. And for them to be affected by it in a positive or negative way or to make them feel something. Right. But in if you want to gain a deeper understanding of it, yeah, then of course you have yeah. to do research. Yeah. You have to take you have to the time. You're doing this at this point for this reason because yeah, there's some historical reason for that or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it's the same thing for going to an art gallery. Like, uh, I no, have, it's absolutely that's I the kind of thing. Friends who are. To painters and sculptors and visual artists yep. and it's the same thing like I don't and but that's something that that's not my world so I don't know yeah. everything about it but I can't I do I know what I like yeah yeah and yeah. I can kind of explain why I like something yeah you can go to MoMA and look at that particular Picasso and say that's a really interesting painting that makes me feel a certain way mm-hmm if yeah. somebody who knows about it tells you, oh, that's also important because this is the first time anybody did this and they show you the one yeah, right exactly. before it and you show you that one, you go, oh, so it's a whole other level. Yeah, that's like how I feel about, so if I go to the Met and I see an opera, for example, by Puccini, uh, Tosca, Yeah. Um, at the end of, oh, I think it's act two, when maybe it's act one. But anyways, at, at the end of one of the acts, the character Scarpia, he's singing and it's such a grandiose thing. And he he's singing and then the chorus comes on. It's a bunch of kids and, and older people singing and they're in a church. And then there's like these crazy chords at the end. And it's just like when that first premiered, it was so new and so out there and yep. out, like... It, yeah, like Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. Where yeah, people exactly. Ran like out people screaming. Riot. Yeah, yeah, they were riots. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy, right? But now it's just so normal. Like you hear it, and you're like, oh yeah, Fantasia. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Dinosaurs. Yes. I still think of dinosaurs when I hear that. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And it's you know it's interesting too because there are certain uh, pieces of opera that have been taken and are used all the time in movies or, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, uh, w- w- the mission impossible, not the one last year, but the last one, there's a whole scene in an opera house and it's like, they're just using it to build 
tension. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because the piece builds tension and then they overlay an action scene on top of what is otherwise like a, a piece of a story from an opera, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Does that bother you? Does it feel like it's, it's cheapening? I mean, it, it bothers me when like, it bothers me when they are at an opera and then they are like, Oh, it's so boring. I hate this. My mom loves it, but I hate it. Right, 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 right. Playing it for yucks. It's just, yeah. 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 It's that's when I don't like it. So when are you taking me to see an opera? Well, I have a friend who is in the Lindemann and we usually get free tickets. So oh, really? you just let me know. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. Is there anything else we didn't talk about? Mm. I need some food. You need some food. Yeah. You should probably eat something. Yeah. Let's go get food. That sounds good. Uh, you want to, you're not a social media kind of gal. Oh, for this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. All right. Where do they, where do they follow you? What are your, what are your handles? My handle on Instagram is Tika Teresa. So Tika is T I C A and then Teresa without an H. Um, and I should explain what Tika Teresa. means. I know. I, yeah. What's I the know. Tika from Tika. Okay. So a lot of people actually think it's Tic Tac Teresa. Tic Tac Teresa. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, it looks like it, but Tika Teresa. Um, so, uh, my mom is from Costa Rica Yeah, and they are called Ticos. And Costa a, Ricans. Yeah. Los Ticos and a Tica is a female, female Costa Rican. Oh, okay. So Tica Teresa. Oh, I get it. Yeah. You're, you're Costa Rican Teresa. Yeah. Teresa. <laughs> Teresa. Teresa Teresa, the tomato, tomato, you know, whatever. It's not, it's not much fun. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, people will go find you. And we're, I'm going to pull out a mic. I'm going to have you actually sing for a minute just so people have some sense. Okay. All I right. haven't sung all day, but all right. Well, you can warm up then for a minute. <laughs> Let me get a good mic out here.